If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Thank you. Happy Friday football frenzy to everyone in the sports universe. It is November the 26th, 2021. This is the AM Drive on 12 Ounce Sports, and we are live. For Aaron Crouch, I am Michael Carvelis. Aaron, what is going on? Ooh, not a whole lot. Uh, I tell you what, the tryptophan hit me hard last night. I think I was in bed by like 9.15. <laughs> There you go. Um, this segment is presented by Pick'em Wars. Make picks against the spread every week to win real cash prizes. Pick'em Wars is 100% free to play, which makes it that much better. Compete against friends and Aaron here at the AM Drive for the ultimate bragging rights. www. I can't say the word W. www.pick'emwars.com slash fly. That's pick. EMWars.com slash F-L-Y. Aaron, any last words on Pick'em Wars? Uh, no, I got to get my picks in today. I'll probably oh. do that on the on the way to work. Uh, we got a big slate of games here on Friday and Saturday. It's rivalry week in college football. Yeah, that's for sure. But let's get straight into this. Um, Two of the three games, I believe, are big talking points for us. The reason I'm wearing a Trubisky jersey is because Matt Nagy thinks the world is back in better in a better place now. He says, you do not realize how much this win means to me. And I'm like, good Lord, if my coach is saying that after being the 0-10-1 Lions, somebody pray for the Chicago Bears. I thought the Bears in the second quarter, I actually stopped watching this game after a while because I was like, okay, maybe the Bears is going to take off. And they literally had to wait a second left to kick a left. To kick a field goal to win. Wow, both these franchises suck right now. What is your take on this game? So, <laughs> it's it was. I watched the game. It was a, a very poorly played game. Two offenses who are not good trying to outsmart each other, which is just a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah. You know, it, it just it, it was incredible the way that this game flowed and I know that sounds weird, but the, the lions came out hot in the first the Chicago, obviously put up pretty much all their points in the second lions, get another one in the third to go ahead. And then, like you said, it took until the last second of the game to beat an Oh nine and one team at the time. So, um, like I said, a win's a win. I don't care about style points in the NFL. Uh, if the Chicago bears can somehow find a way to get on a streak, the real question now is, you know, what do you do if you're Matt Nagy? I understand that he is answering questions about his job before the game, you know, up this week. You know, there was rumors that he was not going to make it past this game. Those obviously uh, were debunked by the chairman for the Bears, uh, McCaskey. But, right. you know, do you start Andy Dalton now? I mean, I understand, yeah, he beat the Lions, but he won a game. I mean, the Lions, or excuse me, the Bears are were on a, what, two or three game losing streak with Justin Fields. Before that, if you really feel like you have a chance to compete with Andy Dalton, despite, uh, you know, another four and seven, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a good spot for the uh, for a playoff bid. But, I mean, what do you do when Justin Fields theoretically healthy here? Um, do you still go with Andy Dalton or do you do you try to um, you try to win some games with Justin Fields? I mean, if San Francisco and Philadelphia lose and maybe even Carolina this week. Like if a lot of things fall, like New Orleans already lost for them, mm -hmm. like at four and seven, they're not so far out of the playoff race. The bottom of the NFC is not phenomenal here. So we saw Chicago sneak into that seven seed last year. Anything is possible. Well, let's not, I don't want to really discuss scenarios too much here, but I mean, with the whole Andy, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields thing here, I wonder, like, what is it, what is the ownership for Chicago want Matt Nagy to do? That's what I would ask. Well, like, when you're thing. sitting back in, in a billionaire spot, like, what would you do? What would you want the coach to do? Because I don't know. Well, that all depends on what you're planning to do. If you're planning to fire Matt Nagy either way, 
you want your you want your rookie to see what you know you want your rookie to showcase what he can do. Now, if you think you you want to keep Matt Nagy around, that's where it becomes dicey because if Matt Nagy thinks he can win with Andy Dalton and keep Justin Fields on the bench, you almost have to respect his wishes there and then determine how you react in the offseason to whether he does or doesn't win. If I'm Matt Nagy, I kind of want to know if I go and play my rookie quarterback, could that possibly save my job saying, hey, look, you know, Justin Fields is it's baby steps. We need another year with this guy. Can I save my job for another year by playing Justin Fields? Andy Dalton's an established veteran in this league. He's been in this league for a decade plus. Like we would expect that he knows how to win a football game. That might actually hurt Matt Nagy trying to win football games unsuccessfully and then getting fired for it when he could have just gone with the rookie and saved his job. So what it's it's kind of a situation where how does he decide <laughs> between hard hard crap and soft crap? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a good point. If Andy Dalton is a 10-year veteran, do you want to go, do you want to die trying to win games or do you want to stay afloat losing games knowing that you're going to lose anyways? Don't try to sugarcoat something that's not going to be there. Just roll with the rookie. You know, get, say this is what the GM and everybody wanted. This is their guy. Let me see what I can do with your guy. And if I can't do it with your guy, let me get my own guy. Not well, that they would ever do that, but. And, and not only that, you might roll with Justin Fields and get fired anyways. Well, he's had a lot of changes. I mean, I'm wearing a jersey. I wear this in honor of Mitchell Trubisky. Hey, he who just to let you guys know, huh? He played last night. That's fair. But I mean, the, but I mean, it's, it's like watching Marcus Mariota play. Like, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> it's, I just, I, I wear this as a as a fan of quarterbacks who get a bad end of the bargain with crappy coaches. Like, if you're an offensive-minded coach and you literally cost the quarterback his job and then the quarterback is still looking like – I mean, right now, Trubisky still looks good after this, after all this. Oh, stop it. No. Okay, what, if, what has Andy Dalton and Justin Fields done that, that Trubisky didn't do? They're all bad quarterbacks, man. Mitchell Trubisky is a know terrible that. quarterback. I do know that. I watched him play. He can't even hit a receiver eight yards down the field. He's so wildly I inaccurate. Believe well, believe it. Watch the tape. He could not hit a receiver. The reason why Switzer got drafted is because he could hit a receiver eight yards down the field. Who? Ryan Switzer, the Steelers return guy from North Carolina, because he would catch deep passes from Mitchell Trubisky in college in North Carolina. All right. Well, whatever happened between college and the NFL, he could not hit a receiver. He is a bad quarterback. Don't put Mitchell Trubisky on a pedestal because all of the people in this conversation are all terrible. The fact the man had two playoff appearances – with this coach is really something special right now. I, I'm just going to – I love this jersey. I wear it with the fact, pride the today. The fact that the man had two playoff appearances with that quarterback is also something special too. It goes both ways. Mm. Wow. How about it's another – The fact that you put Mitchell Trubisky on a pedestal based on this conversation is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we're just going to write off Justin Fields automatically? Cause, I'm cause not writing off Justin Fields. I, I never thought he's going to be a good quarterback at all. Because he went to Ohio State. That's the only reason behind that. No, I just also don't think these running quarterbacks with big arms don't pan out. He can't hit people. He can't. Well, hit people so that's the a true point. It's like Cam Newton, running quarterback with a big arm. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they may have flashes of brilliance, but right. overall, for a sustained career, I don't think. It, I mean, if if what are we comparing a great career to or a good career to? We can't c compare Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. These guys have seventy thousand yards passing. But what's a good career? I mean, what's a good career? 10, 12, 15 years in the league? I guess like a Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers, a fringe Hall of Famer. Everybody thinks it's a Hall of Famer because of scouting. That's a good career for me. So a Hall of Stats, basically. A Hall of that's, Very That's good. fair. Like the Hall, the Hall of Very Good. Philip Rivers. You just you were around for a long time and you threw a lot. That's fair. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a legit question. That'd be good like, for me. It's, it's legit. You, you have these conversations on Twitter or, or wherever, and it's like, oh, that guy sucks. Well, I mean, Philip Rivers doesn't suck, but no, he's not Tom Brady. Like, define suck for me. Yeah, it's such a subjective <laughs> term. Like, I don't think Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, but I think he's been in the league forever, and he has a ton of stats, which is going to get him Hall of Fame discussion. Yeah. Same with Eli Manning. You take two Super Bowl victories over the Patriots. Against, yeah. Against the Patriots, against one of the greatest offenses of all time, Patriots. Right. And Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But I think he's going to get in because of those. So, I mean, we could have that conversation for the rest of the year, almost, you could speak. But 
I mean, I'm just saying to put Mitchell Trubisky and say he's a good quarterback based on a bad coach. I just, I cannot, I cannot get down with that. I wear this with pride. You're more than welcome to wear it with pride. It looks like baby poop. Oh, nice <laughs> orange though. Next Weird time. orange. You're right. Okay, Raiders stunned the Cowboys in overtime. Aaron, what if I told you I saw a status morning on ESPN? 166 penalty yards for the Cowboys is the most in team history, which is really weird. Like, that's a weird stat. It's a bad stat. Um, Anthony Brown does not know how to turn around when going for passes that are in the air. I don't know what his problem is. You don't know. How, do you, how does a guy get told, turn around or they're going to call pass interference? And then still not turn around. Like, you're just being stubborn on purpose. And then Derek Carr, after the game, I guess the dust has kind of settled or the toilet has kind of come unclogged here. But he said he credited John Gruden to fly out in the open. I said, okay, buddy, it's a bold line to walk in this day and age. Please enlighten me what he said because I missed that. He said after the game that he he said, well, Gruden used to tell me my arm, don't let your arm fall off or something like that. Okay. I was like, why would you say that to the press? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see a problem with that. You know, if he was saying, oh, I, I still keep in touch with John Gruden. And I talked to him last night and he told me, you know, he was giving me pointers. <laughs> <clears throat> we might have a problem. Call me that. a douchebag. <laughs> so the situation here, and I will never be okay with these two things. I will never be okay with the fact that pass interference is a spot foul where you can just allow 40-yard penalties in the NFL. Shout out by Glenn for bringing that up because I I should like that point. The second thing is I will never understand, and Joe Flacco made a career out of this. I I am not okay with a five-yard underthrown football that is clearly uncatchable to a receiver who has run by it where he reaches back over a defender why are we calling that pass interference? You see how he's like grabbing his head so he can't turn around? And the last you one. You saw I, that, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's how point. are you doing? Why are you just letting, letting him turn around? So, I mean, Anthony Brown did himself no favors in this spot. But when I think it was Deshaun Jackson is reaching over you, has your head cradled. you're doing is this. It's, it's not pass interference to me. To the final play? The last pass interference. Yeah, that was, in, that was number seven. I don't know if that's Darren Waller or. Uh, the last one, I believe the last one was number 30, uh, Anthony Brown. It was uh, like a... No, I'm talking about number seven on the offense. I don't know who that is. Oh, number seven. That was Zay Jones. Sorry. I thought Okay, was, well, they, that's, I, 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 I saw this morning. That's why I was refreshing you. But yeah, I mean, 166 yards and penalties. And the Raiders, I think, got 120 of their own. So like, uh, you know what? Refs, uh, well, they got the spotlight. You saw ah. what Jerry Jones said, right? I did not. Please He said, um, I He said, we knew this was a high, this was going to be a high penalty game. Because we've studied these refs, I'm like, then why are you? Why are you doing all that crap? But <laughs> the well, offsides I mean, on, the, on the kicks were just terrible. You still got to play football. Well, the offsides—they're just trying to jump the snap. You got to do. Yeah. I mean, whether the, whether the field goal is a 29 or a 34 yard field goal is ultimately non a non factor when it comes I to that. I actually, I'm actually okay with the the jumping offsides because you time that thing just right and you can block a field goal. And once that ball's rolling around. They could return it. Anything's possible in that spot. Except the Giants who lost the game that way earlier in the year. I mean, it it, it can happen. I'm just saying, like, you block a field goal, worst case, you're going to get the ball back. So, and at best case, you might return it for a touchdown here. I, I, I mean, I'm not defending Anthony Brown, but at least that last one. I saw most of this game, and I saw a couple of them where he was, you know, a little aggressive. But it's just like... The fact that you just get 40, 35 yards on a play, it's just – I'm just not okay with that. Especially in that moment. Yards. I don't like that moment being like 35 yards, push you in field goal range. Like, what is yeah. – come on. And overtime, third down and whatever it was, third and 15 or whatever it was, and you just throw it up and get a 40-yard penalty. I'm just not okay with that in the NFL. I know it's been like that since I've been alive, but it's just not a it's, – it's, it's, it's not a good – rule in the game. and, and I'd be and, okay with a 25-yard penalty. Just make it the biggest – but just don't make it be 40 because 50 yards is a lot of yards in that moment. 25, I mean, maybe I could float with. I just – you know, you make it so much harder and harder and harder for defenders to cover receivers. And on top of that, if they're even trying to be the least bit aggressive, you're going to give them 40 yards like that, especially in overtime. I'm just not okay with that. I mean, how how can we – because it's such a subjective call, too. I'm tired of P.I. determining games. I agree with that. It's such a subjective call. Like, holding the strike in baseball call, right now. 
I mean, look at the the the, the calls that aren't subjective are the least amount of yards penalized. Offside, yep. false start. Those aren't subjective. A guy moves, you you penalize him. But holding, subjective call, that's 10 yards. Pass interference, subjective call, that's a spot foul. Defensive that's holding, really bad. five yards and a first down. Like the subjective calls are the ones that are the worst penal are the worst, yeah, worst penalized. Like as far as how much it hurts you, it's just it's not a good recipe for me. How about not a good recipe? How about Trevor Simeon at quarterback? Josh, now I will say Josh Allen did okay. He, I think there are two picks, which I don't see how you do that. I know the Saint Stevens is okay, but I mean, two of those touchdowns of those four that he threw were like gimmies. Um, Saints just look, look bad. I don't know what else to say besides that. I don't put a lot of stock besides the Bills got to win, but that's good for morale. But other than that, I just don't care for this game. Uh, you know, like you said, it's good for a team build that that, that they beat the the Saints, who at the time were a playoff team. They, that, that the Buffalo Bills walked in after that embarrassing loss to uh, Indianapolis the week before. So. Um, it's good for the Buffalo Bills. New Orleans is lost. They're fading. Thank you for playing. Pick up your parting gifts. Trevor Simeon's not your guy. So Poor guy. Uh, there's not a lot to say about this. The, the turnovers in the, at the near the end of the first half for Buffalo is a little concerning. But right now, I think uh, I think Buffalo needed this. They get ten days off. This could be a situation where they um, can kind of roll. I think in the next month they have two hits and one against the Buccaneers. So they need this momentum to build going forward if they're going to be competitive. Pickamores.com slash fly. Make picks against the spread and win free money. Aaron, Aaron, get your picks in, all right? When we come back, we're talking college football. It's rivalry week. I hate Aaron. He hates me. We're going to talk about it on the other side. AM Drive on 12 on Sports. Sports? Do you like free money? You're going to be watching the game anyway. So join us at pickemwars.com to play. Weekly NFL and NCAA contests are live right now. Play free at pickemwars.com. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. One of the challenges that most guys have is they don't know how to dress. But a lot of guys confuse business casual with ripped jeans and t-shirts. You have to dress for the role that you want, not for the role that you have. Buttercloth is the perfect blend between comfort and casual style, but the key word is style. It's like butter. It's so comfortable. You feel like you're wearing a t-shirt. You're business casual, but you look professional. I love the comfort. Another thing I love about buttercloth is the collars. They come with collar stays. This shirt is the most comfortable material you will ever try and still look professional with a collar. Listen to me, you look great, you're comfortable, and it's the new standard for casual. Aren't you the vice golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Twelve ounce sports has a new home for betting. BetUS.com is the official place to place your bets and support 12 ounce sports. All you have to do is go to BetUS.com and type in the promo code 120Z and you'll instantly get a deposit bonus. This is America's favorite sports book. And remember, always gamble responsibly. Sports fans are gearing up at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. From all the leagues, teams, and players you love. 
Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com. Officially licensed everything. All right, and welcome back to the AM Drive here on this Friday Football Frenzy, and we are presented by BetUS.com. Let me tell you, BetUS.com is giving you the best lines that you can find anywhere. And when you sign up for a new account using the promo code 120Z, they give you a 125% deposit bonus. You can see it right there below, Mike. BetUS.com, promo code 120Z, that 125% deposit bonus. If you're feeling very brave this weekend, you can follow us at AFX right there on Twitter. But the key is getting that account right now with BetUS.com using promo code 120Z. All righty, Mike, it is Rivalry Weekend in college football, and we are going to start with a game for Cincinnati. They are finally in the top four here. Cincinnati is given, what, two touchdowns in this spot? Total in this one, 57. Your early thoughts on this now that Cincinnati, who's been fighting all season, the situation here is do they sit there and say, ah, we're in. You know, let's take a week off, or do they have to continue to put style points on their resume? So I think you made a good point in the on Monday, I believe, when Cincinnati blew out SMU. Maybe it was a good time they had a smackdown then instead of a smackdown against three really unlock like nobody cares about opponents. Right. Um, I do think Cincinnati gave a lot defensively versus SMU and Eastern Carolina, despite having a bad like a five and six records line of that has actually won four straight. In all four games, they scored 29 straight, 29 or more, and two of their last two were shootouts. Okay. I don't like – I was this close to doing Cincinnati minus 14 for another big win, but I feel like if we don't get there, I still feel like over 57 is where I'm leaning. Yeah, I was actually looking at that because Eastern Carolina can actually score the football, and it's yeah. it's a shocking stat here. The last time they met, it was in Cincinnati. It was 55-17. to 17 in favor of the Bearcats here. I feel like we could get something along those lines where um, we could get an over spot in here. It's tough for me. I, uh, You're right. Uh, ECU has been playing hot football. They're seven and four. They have an opportunity to play the role of spoiler, so to speak. Now, do I think they're going to beat Cincinnati? No, but I have, I think they're going to have a chance to maybe keep it competitive here early and um, maybe spook the Bearcats a little bit because I gotta say that the fact that Cincinnati feels like a complete team to me I know they're eighth in the eighth in the nation in scoring sixth in defense and scoring defense um they're playing with a lot of pressure now I know they've been good for a couple of years but they haven't been this good in the eyes right. of the committee and Cincinnati could cover especially if our over wants to hit here because I'm thinking of a scenario where it's like was like 38 to like 25. I just feel like that would be kind of weird. So maybe we get a cover and we get over 57, but I feel like I don't know. I still see how this game goes under. Like, I, like you said, like the 55-17, maybe not 55, maybe like 48-49. This game goes under if Cincinnati runs it up and ECU just can't score, which they're 26 nationally in total offense and wow. they're 31st in terms of scoring offense. So they're not – you know, the top echelon team, but they're not a slouch either. So this game really goes under if the, the Bearcat defense just suffocates um, suffocates ECU in this spot. Yeah, and that's where I feel like – I feel like they did that against SMU. I just don't see them doing it twice in a row. Because we – yeah, I think Cincinnati has a better defense than what they're giving credit for because all we hear about is Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Leave me alone. All we hear about is Desmond Ritter in the offense, but in the end I feel like – they did it one time against SMU. Why would you do it again? You just, just win the game. Yeah, Just I mean, win the East, game. Offense will do that for you. ECU has a running back that's uh, run for 1,077 yards. Oh. And um, he's averaging 6.9 yards per carry. And Holt Naylor's their quarterback who's been there forever, it feels like. The lefty, mm. the lefty. He's thrown for 3,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. So, like I said, the only way I see the under really hitting here is if the uh, – the, the defense for Cincinnati just suffocates this offense. I think they all, I think the Pirates can keep up with them. So I like the over in that spot as well. I, I think that's a good one here. So, all right, next game on that Friday docket for me that I believe has some uh, some impact here. I don't know if you remember 
for this from earlier in the week. We talked about the obituary. I believe that was Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last show we had. Telling me to put an irresponsibly large wager on Nebraska. I feel like as a man of my word, I'll go ahead and put something on Nebraska, but I don't feel as comfortable anymore with no Adrian Martinez. Not that Adrian Martinez. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Iowa at Nebraska. Nebraska's a one point favorite at home. Last mm. year, Iowa was able to beat Nebraska 26 to 20. Uh, total in this one, 41, because I believe we have an Iowa offense who's just not very good, but they do have a chance to make that big 12 um, Jimmy, Big Ten championship game if they win this game and Wisconsin loses uh, Saturday at Minnesota. So the question really is, how much does Iowa really, how are they going to be able to do this? I think Iowa ultimately will win this game with no Adrian Martinez, but am I, are we counting out the Cornhuskers with Scott Frost and the power of whatever that guy's name was, Milton something or whatever? Is, it was definitely Milton. I forgot his last name. Yeah. Rest like in peace, pal. Is he looking over us here? We've got a freshman jumping into this game whose current career stats are 7 for 11 for 119 yards. Um, I just don't see a lot of a spot a spot here where Nebraska can pull this off, but practical magic, anything could happen. Yeah, so originally I had over 41 until you dropped the little Adrian Martinez nugget. Not saying Adrian Martinez is a difference maker, but last time we saw a backup quarterback, at least that I remember, against the um, Iowa Hawkeyes, I called the guy the worst quarterback ever against the Penn State guy. Mm -hmm. So that's what scares me to death. So I'm going to check a little team stats here because I had over 41, like I said. Um, Yeah, no, we're going under 41. Iowa already allows on like only 211 passing yards a game, and now you're throwing in this guy. I don't care if there's no tape on him. It's college football. I see you. There's a Big Ten matchup too. I guess we're gonna get like a, a a twenty-seven to to seven kind of game here. Wow, you think it's I, gonna be that that spread out, huh? Or even tw- let's do twenty-four to ten. I still get or twenty-four fourteen. I still get. I'm and the forty-one's gonna be close, but I feel like it's not gonna get there. I feel like we're gonna end up with like a nineteen to sixteen kind of game. That's fair too. That's, <laughs> it's just yeah, gonna be. Bad. I like that. It's just going to be real bad football play. Nebraska's looking to avoid a nine-loss season for the first time since 1957. I don't think it's going to happen. So, Shout out, Milton. There you go. Shout out, Milton. Good luck to you, buddy. Right. All right, moving into the Saturday games, we have some more games of merit. UGA coming to lay the smackdown on Georgia Tech. Line in this one, 35-and-a-half. Total 54-and-a-half right now. They laid the smackdown last year. Um, excuse me, two years ago, 52 to seven. I don't think they played Woo! this game last year uh, because of the pandemic. But, you know, my philosophy in trying to trying to gauge these big spread games, especially with Georgia, they seem to have taken care of a lot of it. But I mean, they don't need to they don't need style points in this game. So I just I don't know. This is a tough one to sit here and try to handicap. I feel like the over is probably the way to go. Oh, But it's a dangerous over, right? I mean, do we believe Georgia Tech can get any offense going? Um, because they – well, they get shut out. Didn't they get shut out by Notre Dame? Five nothing by Notre Dame. So, obviously, they've clearly regressed since the beginning of the year. Um, so, it's tough. I mean, can Georgia get that by themselves? Absolutely. Do they want to get it? I don't know. You know what's scary about this? So I'm leaning under 54 and a half. But here's a because I feel like Georgia is just gonna be like remember when they beat Charleston Southern 56 to 7 and they rule out like four quarterbacks in the same game. Here's another thing about this. Georgia Tech allows 274 yards passing a game. Unless this game was just 49 nothing again at halftime, which is very likely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's gonna happen in a I believe Georgia Tech has a little bit of pride. But if you're allowing 274 yards of all of passing yards alone, I mean, I feel like you're just, I feel like every quarterback's just going to – because I've seen Georgia do this against bad teams already. They just throw it over the top the entire game and no one can cover them. Right. Oh. You know, you. I'm going the under. I'm not changing it. I'm going the under. Leave it alone. Right, Don't I kinda, count me, darn you. 
I kind of like the over in this game. I oh. feel like I feel like we're getting like forty nine ten or forty nine seventeen in this spot. I feel like Georgia. T- I'll, you you mentioned a point of pride, so I'll give pride equals ten points. Let's go, Georgia. <laughs> to be fair, Georgia Tech runs the ball for one hundred seventy five yards a game. I know Georgia's only allowing seventy seven, but that's got to count for something. Well, if they can keep the ball on the ground, that helps your under for sure. Fair enough. So, all right, Texas Tech and Baylor. I, this game really does matter, despite the fact that I know that when I put this lineup together, uh, Michael Carvels was probably like, "Why is this a part of it?" The Big Twelve ah. still has outside looking in shots at I know. this college football playoff, and um, you not only do you have this game with Baylor, you also have Bedlam coming up, which we'll talk about here later in the segment. Uh, right now, fourteen and a half is the spread here: Texas Tech versus Baylor, fifty-two and a half. I kind of like Texas Tech to uh, keep this game close, put a little fear into Baylor right here. Uh, last time they met last year, Texas Tech did win at home, so there is a bit of a revenge factor for Baylor. But again, I think with Rivalry Week, especially with teams that are on that cusp or in that playoff discussion, there's a little sense of like, hey, man, these are our rivals. They know, we know, they know, they want to, uh, they want to, they want to spoil it. So I'm kind of digging the 14 and a half here and, and, and taking it with Texas Tech. So both these teams allow over 120 yards rushing a game, and even Texas Tech allows 140, which really makes me sad. But I'm not changing once again here. I think the total will actually be higher. But last week, let's see, let's see what we had here, Aaron. Last week, Baylor beat Kansas State 20 to 10, and Texas Tech lost to Oklahoma State 23 nothing. But all year, these teams have been scoring 34 and 30 points a game. So I'm going with over 52 and a half. I think we sneak the over here. But I, I agree with you. I think Texas Tech could play well. But I, I just I don't care who wins the game. I, for Baylor's sake, I hope it's the better Bears. <laughs> Get it? But um, I do. I just think the game's going over. I don't. I think it would be a lot higher if it wasn't for that whatever the crap that was last week. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's out of Baylor's hands now at this point. Like, they have to win this game, obviously, which I still believe they're going to. But as far as uh, the Big 12 title game goes, despite the fact that they beat Oklahoma, if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, it's Bedlam again in the Big 12. So it's a weird weird situation. So Lincoln Riley might get a little bit of uh, redemption if he can beat Oklahoma State. Remember when – Remember when uh, Dave Aranda and, and Baylor, they kicked the field goal with three seconds left just in case there was a tie for points. That was so bad. He might get a little bit of redemption here for that. So. All right, moving forward to Ohio State versus Michigan. Game of the week, obviously, here. You sure? Um, okay. I would imagine it is. Now, the, the, for all intents and purposes, is it a game of the week when your rival has beaten you for the last decade? But, mm. you know, when you and I weren't alive, Michigan was good as well, too. Actually, I think – I think I was alive for some of Michigan. I'm going to say, how are you not alive? You're like 50. They were good in the 90s. Fuck. Whoa. Fuck you. <laughs> I am not 50. Oh. Getting... Right now. Always, I love putting your face whenever I call you old. It's, it's incredible. I can't wait until you're that age, and I'm just you're just going to look like oh, no. simple Jack. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, last meeting two years ago after the COVID cancellation, which caused a bunch of firestorms. 56 to 27 in this one here, but right now we've got Ohio State. This thing is pushed up from seven all the way to eight and a half. Total in this one, 64 and a half. I'm a big leaner on the under here. Both, oh. team, both teams play incredible defense. CJ Stroud obviously is the Heisman favorite. I'm not 100% sure Michigan's going to get a ton of offense going here. Mm. Um, so as far as picking that line, it's tough, but. I feel in these big games, we don't necessarily always get the, despite the two years ago, we don't always get those high-end scoring like that. 64 actually seems like it's come down a little bit. Uh, But I'm probably going to lean here on the under. Haven't made an official bet yet. But um, if Michigan wants to keep this game and win this game, keep this game close and win this game, I think the under's got to be there. Because I don't think Michigan has the offense to go and attract me with Ohio State. Okay, so you and I am, Aaron, I'm a consumer. I'm also a sucker. So when I'm listening to people all week long, boy, Michigan hasn't won in so long. Is this Harbaugh's chance? 
You know, they can't lose again. Yeah, Strowman's getting the Kool-Aid. Okay, okay, but here's the thing. I also don't trust Jim Harbaugh to save my life. So I, don't, I, would, I wanted to go plus 8.5, not doing it. So what I'm going to do, remember when Dwayne Haskins had a big offense and they just lit up this team and it was supposed to be a good game? I feel like Michigan has a good enough offense to keep this. I think it's going to be a shootout. I feel like both quarterbacks are going to find a way to just go crazy. And like you said, if, see, if Michigan, if this game is close, you'll get the under and plus eight and a half. But I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here. I'm not buying it. I think both quarterbacks line up. I think we get over 64 and a half. We'll have to say it wins by like 30. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, there, like you said, the only way this game happens like this is if Michigan shut, gets a run game going and Kate has to do just enough. It's not going to happen. And Ohio State's pissed. Well, that's what scares me. I mean, the, the Michigan, it's strength versus strength. Buckeyes lead the nation in scoring, 47 points a game, in touchdowns, 67, and in total oh. offense. Michigan is 7th in scoring defense, 8th in passing defense, and ninth in total defense. Strength wow. versus strength. Now, Michigan's offense, their strength is the running game, 13th best in the nation. Buckeyes are 10th against the run. And yeah, ninth, they're good. And that's the only thing they're good the against is the run. So, strength versus strength. Now you have to have X factors. Like you said, Cade McNamara. He has to be an X factor if if Michigan expects to win this game, and I I just don't see it. So as far as actually covering a spread, it's going to be tough for me. Now, can they keep it close, lose by ten, and we look at it like a thirty to twenty game? I absolutely think that's possible. Shout out Jim Harbaugh. My initial lean and and my initial lean is on the under here. Here's a question though. I don't want to. I know we're beating it like crazy here, but we kind of have to. If Michigan loses by ten, is it like a mental victory for Harbaugh? No. I mean, because I feel like the public is like, oh, how's he going to kill him again? I know people want Michigan to be close, but I think losing by 10 would be just kind of like a slap in the face both ways. Like, oh, you still lost, kept it close, but you, know, you still got beat again. There's no mental victories in this rivalry here. Sorry, Jim. Amen. All right, moving forward to Alabama, and Nick Saban has made some comments this week. Oh. Uh, about fans and sports betters and self-absorbed fans. You have those comments there, so I'd for you to uh, enlighten those. I could have kept that article up, but um, no. He basically said that when he first got there, they appreciated winning. Now, so they don't appreciate winning at all because they're not winning big enough. I don't care what a spread is. You know, when these guys lose, they they hate it more than anybody, more than you guys, more than the betters. I'm like Saban. Just like I said to um Dan Mullen, it's college football. It matters, okay? Sexy wins matter in college football. He brought up beating LSU by three. I'm like, why would you bring that up? You should not have won the game by only three points. But see, that's the funny thing you mentioned. The sexy wins only matter to other teams, not Alabama. And we've that's talked about fair. that all year. So, I, I mean, the, the problem that. is when you have 20-and-a-half-point spreads, and people are backing you, they don't love it when you win games you should have crushed by seven points against Arkansas and, what was it, six points against LSU. I doubled down, so leave me alone. So here's a here's a fun question. I want to play a little mini theoretical here. Somehow Auburn wins this game. The Iron Bowl goes to the Tigers. Alabama is still in the SEC championship game no matter what. Mm -hmm. What if if Alabama, two-loss SEC champion Alabama beats Georgia? Now, now, see, now you're just throwing out stuff that's that ain't gonna happen. But what if it does? I mean, that's that's what. But don't do that to me. I don't want to have to think about that because I know what they're gonna do. I know what they're gonna do. Like you on Wednesday, you said, "Well, if I was the committee, the problem is we're not the committee." I know they're, they they love Alabama. I don't get it. It's like the only team that has reputation on the college football playoff is Alabama. Every other team has to play good that year. Bama can just play good for the last 20 years and be, have an okay year and still be in. I don't get it. How much does Bo Nix matter to this game? Because the tie are, what, 20-and-a-half-point favorites Is he playing? Here. No, he doesn't. But oh, the no. fact of the matter is, is the last three out of four times Alabama has come to Jordan-Hare, they've lost. Oh. So it's a real real question that if mm. Alabama – or excuse me, if Auburn can just use the crowd, I know they have a pretty decent running back in Tank Bigsby. Can they find a way to win this game? Do you think there's any chance Auburn can win this game? 
No, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's my lean for this game, the reason I think it's going to go under. I know Will Rogers lit up his team for six touchdowns. I understand that. But I think, but he's also had a, a very good year. Like you said, he would be a Heisman if his team was good. And they just lost the Egg Bowl, by the way. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game is Brian Robinson kind of game. Auburn allows rushing yard, like a little bit more rushing yards than you'd like. I feel like Brian Robinson has a big day. I feel like Bryce Young's gonna have like two or three. I think he's gonna have three total touchdowns. But I feel like Brian Robinson keeps this keeps the game away. I think Auburn might cover the 20 and a half. I don't. Do I trust Saban though? No. So I'm just gonna go with the and plus you're like three and eight. This is not your father's Auburn. They're just not good this year. <laughs> That's fair enough. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh. <clears throat> All right. Actually, the last game we're going to get to here is Bedlam. And uh, just because we want to talk some NFL on the other side of the commercial here. But um, this game matters. It, it, if Oklahoma State – I can't remember the last time Oklahoma State was really ranked ahead of Oklahoma. I know that it's happened. But um, this is a big uh, game for the year. Although yes. in, in the course of Bedlam history, the series – you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Oklahoma is 90, 18, and 7. This is not a rough. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> but um, we've got Oklahoma State minus 4.5. Total in this one, 49.5 at mm. the moment here. Uh, little brother's got a chance to put big brother in the dust and keep on rolling. The scary thing, I think, is if Oklahoma wins this game, we've talked about the Big 12 cannibalizing itself like i feel like oklahoma team where are they going to get ranked at here on to come tuesday if oklahoma is to win this game i feel like it'd be better for big 12 if oklahoma state wins it actually now where would oklahoma Three. be ranked i think oklahoma might go to seven and just those like flip-flop or whatever or maybe oklahoma state falls way down but i feel like oklahoma state has to win this game if the big 12 wants in at all but then right. again like would it matter because oklahoma's already lost the game to baylor I don't know, maybe Baylor wins big. But the thing is, is Oklahoma, is if they win, this is a rematch. We're getting a rematch in the Big 12 title game. So if Oklahoma finds a way to beat OSU twice, mm. could that jump them in? Could that jump them in the discussion? You're right. Baylor's still there as well, and Baylor's beating Oklahoma. So it creates quite a circus of, of, of conversation here with these three teams in the Big 12, all right on the outside, but are they really a threat to contend for the top four? You know, yardage-wise, Oklahoma State is actually right up there with Georgia in, in defense. Have you seen those numbers? I have not. It's like Georgia allows like 170 yards passing a game. Oklahoma State allows 178. Well, Georgia allows they only like, allow 85 yards rushing a game too. Yeah, that's insane to me. Like their defense, nobody's even talking about that. And then we're all talking Georgia defense. I think Oklahoma State wins this game. I do too. Wow, I, I didn't even really. I didn't because I've heard like the stories like they they've gotten a better defense. I'm like this is actually pretty good defense. Now, which quarterback do we believe is going to play for the Sooners? <laughs> Whoever it is, better, they better make that decision sooner. Hey yo! Oh, what? That's a perfect time to take us to break. We're going to take a quick commercial break on the back. We're going to run through this NFL slate, hmm. give you some picks in our AM Drive Five, and we're going to wrap it up here for the week. So stick around. We'll be right back on the other side. It's the AM Drive. Sports? Do you like free money? You're going to be watching the game anyway. So join us at pickemwars.com to play. Weekly NFL and NCAA contests are live right now. Play free at pickemwars.com. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. One of the challenges that most guys have is they don't know how to dress. But a lot of guys confuse business casual with ripped jeans and t-shirts. You have to dress for the role that you want, not for the role that you have. Buttercloth is the perfect blend between comfort and casual style, but the key word is style. 
it's like butter. It's so comfortable. You feel like you're wearing a t-shirt. You're business casual, but you look professional. I love the comfort. Another thing I love about Buttercloth is the collars. They come with collar stays. This shirt is the most comfortable material you will ever try and still look professional with a collar. Listen to me, you look great, you're comfortable, and it's the new standard for casual. Aren't you the vice golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Twelve Ounce Sports has a new home for betting. BetUS.com is the official place to place your bets and support 12 Ounce Sports. All you have to do is go to BetUS.com and type in the promo code 120Z and you'll instantly get a deposit bonus. This is America's favorite sports book. And remember, always gamble responsibly. Sports fans are gearing up at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. From all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Make picks against the spread every week. On Pick'em Wars to win real cash prizes. Pick'em Wars is 100% free to play, which makes it that much better. Compete against friends and also hear the AM drive of the ultimate bragging rights. www.pick'emwars.com slash fly. That's pick'emwars.com slash F-L-Y. Buccaneers and Colts, the Tom Brady Bucks are minus three. And the total on this one is set at 52 and a half. Aaron, thoughts on what might be the NFL's game of the week? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, this one seems real trappy uh, in this spot. I don't, uh, I don't quite understand why the Colts are giving up money or giving up points here at home after what they just did to the Buffalo Bills last week. Uh, but the, the Tampa Bay seems like they've righted the ship here in this one. But the problem is they can't cover a spread on the road. So I don't really feel comfortable doing anything here with mm. this game. Um, the Bucks are really good at shutting down the run. Jonathan Taylor is a really good running back. That's the key. That's the X factor right now. If they shut him down, I think the Bucs will be able to suffocate Carson Wentz and the Colts. If they can't shut him down, Colts got a real good chance here. So I usually am pretty good with my Colts bets, I would like to say. And I think under 52.5 is the play here. I just really like the Buccaneers' defensive line. And I, like I, knew, I believe Vita Vita actually missed the last game. I, I don't know if he's – I think he's playing in this game. It looks like he's trending towards yes. Okay, so that being said, and like you said, um, if Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's not going to go off for five touchdowns. He may have one. But as a Colts fan, I, I assure you, and plus we're shuffling around the right guard right now. Quentin Nelson's a little bit banged up. I think Carson Wentz might throw two picks here. I think under hits. And I think Buccaneers end up getting the win. I don't know if it's by three. I don't like the three. But I'll take the under 52 and a half. Yeah, part of me likes the Bucks to actually cover the spread if they're able to shut Jonathan Taylor down. So, But, yeah, I think the under is a good spot there. Fair enough. Titans, Patriots, and what's another good – well, it's on paper supposed to be a good game. It's two really good – well, used to be good teams. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Titans at running back. Aaron, for me, I think New England's going to expose Tennessee personally. I think Bill Belichick remembers the wild card loss where Tennessee had to pull out hat tricks in order to beat them. And Mike Vrabel outcoached Belichick in the end. But I think Patriots get a, get a big win here. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, some of the spots I've been looking at, this number has actually ticked up to seven, seven and a half yeah. uh, in some spots. So that really – this feels like a classic case of buy low, sell high for both teams. Sell the Patriots high, buy the, buy the Titans low here. But, yeah, a frustrating loss 
to the Texans last week has got everyone jumping off the Titans bandwagon, including your boy Glenn Kaplan. There, I haven't heard a peep. I haven't heard a peep out of him regarding this uh, regarding this topic. But uh, I don't think the Titans can win this game in Foxborough. But I definitely think they can cover, especially if this thing can get up to seven and a half, eight. Um, oh yeah. I'm going to wait as long as I can because I think the the, the market's going to pound this one up. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking to take the Patriots here as far as they're going to be the number one seed Monday morning. But covering, let me get this number up to seven and a half or eight, and I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans. Fair enough. I actually like the Patriots seven and a half as well. That's why I first handicapped the game map. I was like, oh, okay, I'll take six and a half. Steelers, Bengals, it was always a bloodbath. That's why under 44 and a half, easy play for me. And, and here comes Q Aaron bringing up all the injuries for the defense. Is, is oh, it, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> are there a bunch of injuries on the defense? Um, there are. There's uh, TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, they're, it doubt, like they're, like a, they're supposed to be there, but they haven't practiced all week. Fitzpatrick's still on the COVID list. So it's going to be interesting here for the the Steelers. Um, the Bengals whooped up on the Raiders last week, so it, it's, it looks like it, I don't I don't hate the under in this spot though, but this is one I just don't think I really want to touch. I don't either because I feel like Bengals this is this isn't your father's Bengals, and I feel like Bengals have a much better offense than what we're used to in, in this game's history. So it okay. scares me. That so I'm not betting it. I'm just saying I'll, I'll lean under. Eagles Giants. I'm getting better at this, by the way. Eagles minus three and a half, Giants and Eagles total at 46. Aaron, I think Jalen Hurts could be the difference because you saw what Taysom Hill did to this Giants defense. A mobile quarterback, and he had like, what, three rushing touchdowns last week? But the thing is, Giants always play them well. So Giants plus three and a half for me. Yeah, I'm on the Giants plus three and a half here as well. Anytime you switch out a coach for another coach, things just naturally have yeah, uh, step, and we've got Freddie Kitchen, who has called plays before. He's not like he's. Oh, he's actually coming. hired now. Well, he was he was on the staff there, so he's he's in okay. there. He's Freddie Kitchens is in there calling plays. So yeah, I'm thinking of a spot here where I th- still think the Eagles can get a win, but it might be a close divisional game here. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on the Giants plus three and a half, which is actually in my AM Drive Five. Oh, I love the hook, by the way. Vikings 49ers. I actually have the Vikings as a seven point favorite here. So plus three is easy for me. Uh, yeah. So that's a that's an interesting spot here. Both teams are are coming off of two weeks that have, they've been playing well. Both, you know, Minnesota yep. beating Green Bay and San Francisco playing two straight weeks. You know, well, one on the road, one at home. Uh, they've surprised me. I mean, they're back in the thick of it here. Um, the problem is, despite that one game against the Rams, which everybody remembers, they're not a very good home team. One and four straight up, one and four against the spread. Uh, I do have a pick in this one, so because I accidentally gave away the Giants one, I'll I'll, I'll reserve this one for the AM Drive Five. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Rams Packers. Aaron, I there's an over under on Yahoo Sports Fantasy, which is will the um, Rams target Odell Beckham Jr. more than four times? I say no. I know everybody wants to see that. Although Sean McVay's an offensive genius, so he could just shut me up in a in a heartbeat. I still think Rams are a better team right now, and Aaron Rodgers has a bad. I can't even get my foot up there. Bad toe. Well, he got three targets two weeks ago against um, oh against San Francisco in his first game where he'd only been on the team for like four days. So yeah. you'd like to think he's going to get more than four targets in this one. So I don't know if that's a good bet to take that under. But yeah, reach his own. Uh, with this one here, I look for Green Bay to get on the right track again. I know oh. like the, this toe injury is, is amazing to me. And, and the fact that he stuck his foot up on the – Let me see your pickies. Come on, man. Uh, I actually do not have shoes on, so you, I, you probably could see them, but we don't have time for that. Um, Green Bay writes the ship here. Steady Doselin, give it to me. Packers win. Love it. Ah, uh, yeah. So anyway, football, Browns, Ravens, everybody's calling for Baker Mayfield's head. Rightfully so, I guess. But why would you put in Case Keenum? I mean, I, granted, the Browns are not good against the Ravens, but I think Ravens win. I just don't like the bet. I don't like any side of this. Um, I like Cleveland. Give me the hook. I know they're on the road, uh, but Cleveland uh, plus three and a half here in this spot. I think they even have a great shot at actually winning this game. 
Um, they're pretty good against the spread on the road. So I'm going to take Cleveland to cover that three and a half. Lamar Jackson is back. I know all of these things, but I mean, he's missed some time here and it, the pressure for me is on Baltimore. So I think Baltimore ultimately will win this game, but I'll take, I'll take the three and a half here in this spot. Is that hoodie comfortable? It's very comfortable. It looks like me and you. Is and that this, me and you? This glass keeps my water ice cold. I'm drinking water today, so I'm proud of you. Wow, you know you you know where we get these things? The AM Drive, not the AM Drive online. Twenty six dollar hoodies, twenty one dollar tumblers, sixteen dollar shirts, and thirteen dollar mugs. Drink our faces, wear our faces, support the show. I put a Facebook post out, which is rare for me, and I said, "Quote." The best, the cheapest way to support a podcast, guaranteed. Okay? Look at your Android fibers and my pickamores.com slash fly. Use that sign-up code and help maybe tail us on some picks here. Android 5, Aaron, give it to me. All right. Go back to college football. It's rivalry week. So despite the fact that they're atrocious, um, I can't let USF – I can't let UCF try to cover 18 points here. Uh, I'm taking USF plus 18 in this spot in a rivalry game. I know it's blasphemy. I should be shunned from my program here. But uh, I'm going to take USF plus 18, a little happiness edge. If the Knights kill them, I'm okay with that too. I'm okay losing a little money if the Knights kill them. I'm going to Minnesota. and I'm going to take the Gophers plus 7 against Wisconsin. Hoping for an upset here. Uh, in this spot as well. Uh, so I'm going to take Minnesota plus seven for the AM drive five, sprinkle a little bit on that money line. All right. Heading to the NFL. I'm going to take Jacksonville plus two against the Atlanta Falcons. I know that I'm, I'm really still, you know, the, the Falcons are low, but I'm selling even lower here. The Falcons, I think is just given up. Uh, so Jacksonville, who still seems to be kind of fighting hard despite last week's result. Um, Gets a win here, but I'm going to take the plus two. Giants, I told you guys about this one, plus three and a half. Uh, so we already talked about that for all the reasons why. And my last one in the AM Drive 5, Minnesota and San Francisco. I have the over 49 in this one. I think we get uh, some points on the board here. Give me something along the lines of like, I don't know, 27 or 28-24. Give me something 28-24 here. I like it. Pickaboards.com slash fly, AM drive five. Mike's five. I actually put the graphic up for the second time ever. <laughs> um, so actually, first of all, I want to say I love your Jaguars pick. When handicapping the games, I gave Jaguars minus three. And if I'm getting plus two, thank you. But I'm, that's not on my AM drive five. Texas Tech and Baylor go over 52 and a half. I'm not buying the last two weeks. They're shooting up the score here. No, well, that's – you get it. No game – Huh? I said meth jokes. Hooray. Woo! Notre Dame minus 20 and a half versus Stanford. They lay the smackdown on a Stanford team that should be up on dogs by 35 because they beat Oregon 10 years ago. I get it. I'm going to Fighting Irish who are playing out of their minds. It might make a case for the college football playoff, but I don't like that. Patriots minus six and a half against the Titans. I think Patriots are going to blow them out of the water here. I think Bill Belichick is pissed. I think Titans are going to show how far they've fallen without their guy. And Rams minus one versus the Packers. I love the Rams in this spot. I think they're going to get back on track. I think Vikings plus three versus the 49ers. I love me some Kirk Cousins this year. I don't know what it is, but this guy's playing so well. That was our AM Drive 5 presented by Pickamores.com slash fly. Don't forget that our spreads were brought to you by BetUS.com, code 120Z for 125% cash bonus. Also, go to our store, like I said, amdrive.online. And don't forget this was a Friday football frenzy. Aaron, I'm not good at taking the show away. So with the last 60 seconds, why don't you do it, okay? All right. Well, it's Send very us home. See you Monday. Make, make sure they know where to find our sponsors. They're right there above you. Point to them, Mike. MikeAndAaronDrive.com. Click all the logos to get shopping today. Christmas is now officially in season now that Woo. Thanksgiving has passed. Also, please support us on social media. A like, a share, a follow. They go a long way, and we greatly appreciate it. They're right there. Mike pointed them out at AM Drive TV on all of those 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also, be sure to support 12 Ounce Sports as well. They are at 12 Ounce Sports, 12OZ Sports on at least Facebook and Twitter. I assume Instagram. I don't know if they have a TikTok as well. But we'll no. be back on Monday recapping all of this frenzy. It is the, the AM Drive with Mike and Aaron. We appreciate you guys listening. For Michael Carvelis, I'm Aaron Crouch. We will see you. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully your families are still in town. Enjoy them as well. We'll catch you guys on Monday. Adios.